Hey, Jason Wood here, the VA Loan Guy and host of the Armed and Ready podcast. Today, we have a really exciting episode for you. Come on and take a look. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Armed and Ready podcast. I'm your host, Jason Wood, the VA Loan Guy. We have a really cool guest with us today, Brenda Torres, who is an Air Force veteran and entrepreneur with a really cool story. So um, I want to say thank you to Brenda for being on the show with us today. And um, welcome. How are you? I am doing great. My pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, what a great night to be part of this. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, tell our, our audience a little bit about your background. How did you get into the military? Like what was... What was the bug or the itch that kind of made you go sign up? Wow, that's awesome. Yes, actually, my family has been a military family, um, starting all the way back from my grandfather being in the Korean War. And when I was in middle school, I started doing the junior ROTC program, and I was selected as an award recipient for my county for the Daughters of the Revolution. And that, to me, it just really stuck with me. My father was a Vietnam, it is a Vietnam veteran, so he was also part of the armed forces. And then while I was in high school, um, I got further involved with ROTC and became the officer and the graduating officer for our flight in high school. And so I knew then when my recruit, when recruiters actually from every branch started contacting me that I must have done something good. My ASVAP score apparently was high enough that I could pick anything I wanted. And needless to say, uh, the Air Force came knocking and they pretty much told me you can pick whatever you want. And I ended up in a medical unit as a pharmacy tech. And um, yeah, it was my time to serve. And during that time, my brother joined uh, the Marine Corps. So we're pretty, we're, we're a military family. And then my son, of course, he's currently serving active duty in the Air Force. That's awesome. Yeah. Proud mama yes. moment right there, huh? Um, yes, very much. <laughs> very much. Well, that, at least you have a, a little more Air Force influence at the uh, holiday party now with the family. And Hey, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. So how long were you in the Air Force? I was in the Air Force from 1992 to 2001. Um, I think we all know what happened in 2001. And at that time, my son was only two and a half years old. And, you know, it was a scary time. Um, 9-11 happened. And it was a time for me to think, do I want to continue as I was in a medical evacuation squadron? And I knew that we would get orders and be deployed. And at the time with a very young son, it was just a decision I had to make. And so at that time, I decided that it was time for me to join the civilian life. Nice. And so when you got out of the military, what, did, what was the first thing that you did in the civilian world? Did you start your own business right away or what did you get into? No, actually, um, I had gone to school for sales and marketing. So I have a bachelor's degree in business administration, concentration in sales and marketing, which I call it storytelling, right? (laughs) Uh, Storytelling is, well, you know, you tell someone's story or someone a story, and hopefully you're good enough at it that they do business with you. And so, like I said, I'm in the storytelling telling business. Now, of course, my diploma says sales and marketing, but um, I worked in the corporate uh, arena for the better part of the last 25 years. So, um, you know, part of it, while I was um, a reservist in the Air Force and 
uh, then of course working civilian life. And, you know, I always wanted to own something of my own. I wanted to have my own business and the same storytelling business. And I found the many excuses that I guess would be congruent with job security. Oh, but they pay for my, for my insurance. Oh, but wait, you know, 401k is taken care of all those things that, uh, you know, kind of kept me attached to the corporate world. And I was working with fortune 500 companies. So I was always happy. I had really, really good positions in uh, marketing and, and big groups and sales, as well as doing a lot of education training, et cetera. Then COVID happened. And it was time for me to say, okay, wait a second, you know, kind of a slap in the face. Um, however, my resilience is always very, very strong. And I am one of those women that have always said, <laughs> I'll reinvent myself. I'll move forward. I'm not going to let this stop me. So being in the sales and marketing industry in hospitality, specifically in Central Florida, it was an immediate wake up call. And I said, you know what? I have to start looking for something that I can continue to tell the story uh, that I have my hands on, on having an impact in the community, where the community is not only inspired by me, but the community also inspires me. And so I started looking and found this magazine to make a long story short. It is a faith-based company based out of Kansas City, Missouri, and it is in a franchise model. And I purchased the franchise after much vetting. <laughs> there was apparently several people looking at the Florida market. And so I do have the exclusive territory of Central Florida, where I now get to tell that story. And I am able to impact the community and exhibit and expose them to grow their business as well as give job opportunities within my magazine for those in need in the area. So very exciting opportunities for photographers, for contributing writers, as well as an editorial coordinator, where every single month with a new theme, we get to give great editorial content to the community, as well as opportunities for advertisements so that they can further expose their business. What kind of stuff do you guys feature and what's the name of the magazine? The magazine is called, or the company overall is Lifestyle Publications. My magazine is South Orlando Lifestyle, and we focus on anything that has to do with health and wellness, travel, food and drink, style and beauty, and anything that is community, hyper-local, and is of a great read just something that really connects the community and gives them a platform to communicate on events, uh, red carpet, good times, what's happening in real estate. So it is very much a lifestyle magazine. I like that. I like it a lot. Um, yes. so, so you bought into a franchise and that's something I don't think we've talked about on, on the podcast before is franchise opportunity, which is a yes. great entrepreneurial avenue to pursue. And I don't, know that we've um, explored that enough, but tell me a little bit about that experience, the franchising experience and like, how did you find Absolutely. them? And, you know, like all, how did that all come to be? It, it is definitely a process. With that said, I have been blessed with having a great mentor. And when I talk about this mentor is someone whom I work together in the corporate world and someone who has known my veteran background and how important that that is for me. So she has actually taken me with her 
as well as giving her time selflessly and really walking me through the steps of her knowledge, her experience, and her background. And she has never given up on me nor not been available for me whenever I've needed her help. I say all that to say that she was on the same boat. Obviously, she was one of my senior uh, vice president actually within my organization, and she too uh, lost her career due to COVID. She started looking at franchises. Now you can imagine, she of course has a much larger pocket and budget than I do, but nonetheless, she said, oh, you got this. You know, I do have a franchise attorney that I highly recommend is part of your process, and you've always wanted to do this. So. I'm going to get you in touch with her, start looking and see what you want to do. In my opinion, it should be something that is either in facilitating, um, in public speaking, in, again, storytelling. So she very much recognizes what I love and what I have a passion for. So she's always given me direction as little or as much as I've needed. And um, she has been, again, the biggest impact. She put me in touch with the attorney. Uh, I started looking at different magazines, as you can only imagine, uh, hours, endless hours, as well as a lot of uh, research, whether it's online, phone calls, interviews, because there is everything from coupon magazines, <laughs> rag magazines. But again, I wanted to have pages of editorial, and that's what Lifestyle Publications offered for me, where over 50% of the magazine is editorial, so I could tell that story. So I would have obviously a good opportunity for income in the advertisement side, but also have a place where I could really customize and infuse and make it my own, where I could impact the community. Uh, it takes going through an attorney, which I highly recommend anytime that you're looking at something where you're putting your money in the investment. Just so you know, as part of a franchise seeking opportunity process, um, the things that you should ask for when you're talking to any company that you're looking at purchasing is, can I have a list of past uh, publishers, in my case, being a magazine, uh, past franchisees? May I contact them? May I also have a list of franchisees that were not successful? What you should do and part of the process should not only talk to those who are successful and find out the things and what it took to see if your makeup, your makeup is of the same exact DNA. If you're willing to do what they did and much more and you're still excited and passionate about what you found, then definitely you're, you're on the right track. But you should also talk to the people that did not succeed. That's really important because then at that time, and I did have that luxury, the publication I found was very willing and open to offer me those lists of people right away. And what you should ask those people is, what, what happened if, if you had to do it over? What would you do different so that you would have succeeded? What do you think is the reason that you did not succeed? And I quickly found out by having and asking those questions that whatever they did was not my case, was definitely not my attitude. It was definitely not my mentality. It was definitely not my culture of hard work. And I knew that if I didn't feel like they did or I didn't do what they were doing, then I would be successful. That that would not be my case. So that way I am very aware and the process is transparent 
as to why someone is more successful and why someone is not successful. And if I fit more in this category, then that was definitely the opportunity for me. And that is how I felt after talking to both groups. I felt 100% confident and very excited and lost sleep over the fact that, oh my God, this is, this is it. I can definitely make this happen. And that's how I ended up making the decision that, that this would be the franchise for me. The people that didn't make it, um, right. was there a common theme that you found in those conversations? I had three separate conversations and all three of them were different. One of them saw the magazine as a secondary income just extra income. So therefore they had a primary uh, focus on real estate. Well, no, that would not be my case. To me, you can't worship two things at once. If you really wanna be successful at one thing, you have to focus on that one thing. And so this particular person could not get off the ground because their focus was on, hey, I am working on real estate and not the magazine and thought the magazine would just kind of work on its own. The second person I talked to, it was not her passion. It was her husband's. Her husband saw it as an opportunity to, oh my goodness, this is a great investment. And yes, it is. Owning this magazine provides a great opportunity of replacing my entire income in less than six months or at the pace that I'm going anyway. And, uh, and, and the good trend of the top 25%. But it was not her passion. It was her husband's passion. He saw it as an investment. Oh, and my wife will work it. Well, naturally, if it's not her passion, and I could even in talking to her tell that she didn't even have the personality. She was even shy in talking to me, and it was not even person to person. So in my mind, I'm thinking, goodness, if she can't even get comfortable with me, how uncomfortable is she feeling when she's talking to other people that she's trying to do business with. I don't know about you, but I would not have even bought an ad from her. So I knew that would not be me. I knew I was comfortable in my own skin and that I would definitely stand on the ground and ask for the sale. The third person I talked to was in a very small town and she did not do her due diligence of checking what her competition was in the area. And her competition was very fierce in her area as well as a very small area. Therefore, most of the big businesses that would have had the big bucks to sign up with her had already been invested with the other magazines. So very, very, very small market. And that was definitely not the case for me here in Central Florida. There, there's plenty of room for healthy competition and something for everybody here. So I knew that would not be my concern or challenge here. Yeah. Yeah. I know you hit on, you hit on something that resonated with me on there was, um, you know, you can't serve two masters basically. And, um, oh, absolutely. so I hear that, like I, I'm, I'm part of a coaching program that coaches mortgage people and real estate people. Right. And, um, a couple of the most successful people in the program in it right now, originally when they first got introduced, had some other side businesses, you know, they did mortgage and they had a couple other things on the side and, um, and the coach told them, pick. What do you want to do? Do you want to do mortgages? Or do you want to do that? Cause I'm not going to let you be in right. my program if you're going to do both. Cause you can only, right. you can only serve one master and serve it well. That's right. And that's um, right. And for a lot of people that were in that situation, that was the aha moment. That was the breakthrough. Like, okay, well I'll ditch the side thing 
focus more on the main thing and all of a sudden, you know, tremendous growth. And I think that's the reason as well, although I had this very innate passion and comfort in what I was doing, I knew that if I wanted to start something on my own, it would take a hard movement and stopping point for me to move over 100% to do my own thing. So I never wanted to start something while I was serving one of the major companies because I always felt one, it would be a disservice to them because I wouldn't be able to focus equally on them. And I would be doing a disservice to me because I wouldn't be able to focus on what I wanted to start anyway. So I, it, it literally took, although it was an external force and COVID, I, you know, I am not, I'm humble enough to admit that, hey, that's fine. If I needed to reinvent myself during this process and that's what it took, that's what it took. But I think it's being, having the passion and the preparation together with that opportunity coming along that really makes it happen for you. So equally, COVID could have come. And if I didn't have the passion and I didn't have the right mindset or wanting this bad enough, I don't think I would have been able to be successful. So, you know, it takes all, all of the above. It takes to be prepared. It takes to have the mindset. It takes to have the passion, to love it. So you don't feel like you're working a day in your life. You're really just living through something that you love and then boom, the opportunity comes along. So it's kind of hard for me sometimes when I'm talking to some people because for me, COVID has been an opportunity when I know it's very sad and it has been sad for other people. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I've had enough of my own challenges during this COVID, lost my uncle as well as my grandmother unexpectedly due to COVID um, in the past couple months. But I always look at the brighter side. How can we reinvent ourselves and just move past that challenge and look for the rising opportunity that can really allow you to do something different? And the more and more I hear people just rooting for me, like, oh my gosh, look what you've done in a couple months. The more and more I know that I'm on the right path. And it just, oh man, I'm telling you, we could talk about this for hours because it just gets me really excited. Like I'm almost <laughs> preaching. Yeah, it gets no, me I so mean, excited. well, there's no, there's no doubt that you're passionate about it. I mean, and, um, and I think that's really the ultimate key to success for, for anybody. I mean, as we talk to, you know, um, other vets and things that have uh, people who have gotten out of the military and transitioned into, even if it's the corporate world or uh, into, right. into their own business and became an entrepreneur, that um, the passion for what they're doing yes. is the driver, right? And that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing that makes you like get up out of bed every day and, and wanna go hustle and wanna go, you know, work hard towards your goals and objectives is that, that passion is that, that's the fire, right? And- Could not agree more. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 the, and the mentality, the mindset, you know, I think, I think the military does a good job at teaching us mindset, right? and an organization and, and just, and like you're mentioning kind of that resilience to just push through. It's like, okay, here's a challenge like COVID for example, and the impact it's had. Okay. That sucks. Now what? Okay. Well, we yep. got to figure it out. It's not just like we just stop and lay here. We got to figure it out. We got to push through. That's right. That's right. And realize you're not the only one, you know, um, have that empathy to know that, Hey, so many people are going through the same thing. What do I choose to do though? You know, and um, like I said, I mean, it hasn't been um, sugar and sweet pie the whole time. It's 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 been tough, but at the same time, it's just 
And you're right, the more and more, and I hear that a lot. And in fact, some people identify me as a veteran, even before I say anything or before they even know my story. They're like, man, were you in the military? Are you, you, you have a certain sense of order about you. And, and I think you're right. I mean, I know you're right. That's the one thing that I loved about the military and that I will always owe to the military was my military upbringing in the sense that leadership was important. Um, having some sort of ownership in what happens in our community is important. And that spirit of service is, is yeah. really important. And so uh, I, I carry that even in my civilian life where to me, little things are really important and having that posture and, and that appearance of, hey, I'm here to serve. Um, it's really what I've carried from the, my military career. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it right on the head. Um, so tell me a little bit on where you're headed. I mean, obviously the magazine is, is still new. I mean, it's not like you've been doing it yes. for a decade, right? So um, I'm sure you're kind of always in that business planning, replanning the business plan, business planning, yep. replanning the business plan phase. Yes. Um, but, you know, obviously 2020, this has been a wild ride of a year and so many unexpected crazy things. 2021, who knows what that's going to bring, right? It's hard to base anything off of this year. Um, but what what's next for you in, in the growth? What what are you looking to accomplish next? Or what if people are listening here, you know, what can they expect um, that for you to shoot for? So I will always say, you know, plan to replan. Uh, anything and everything will always have uncertainty, but I can tell you that you should always have a vision and move forward and towards it. I write everything down. Um, however, I try to build a very solid and good and healthy business from the beginning. To me, that's key. I can't grow in the future if I don't do something solid and good today. To give you an example, in the publishing or advertisement business, specifically with my magazine, you can have an ad on what is called a short term, and that's just a short term trial. Um, in the facilitating and training, as I went through, uh, you know, with lifestyle publications, they said, you know, the healthier you can build your business, uh, the more longevity and the more growth you'll have. I said, okay, well, I, I want that recipe. What, what does that mean? You know, I'm still learning this process. And yeah. they said, well, here is what it means. The more that you can sign up, you're very good people on not selling them a sale, but offering them a long-term solution. The more that you will grow, the faster you will grow and the healthier your business will be. So what does that look like? Instead of getting the quick buck, because it does happen. I mean, there's many ways of starting a magazine and some are more successful than others. And can I start a magazine by signing everybody up on a couple, three, six months uh, advertisement contracts or agreements or partnerships? Sure, I can. But guess what I'm going to do three months down the road on that three-month partnership? I'm going to have to renew. So here I am working hard again. Uh, what's going to happen at six months for that other one? I'm going to have to renew and I'm going to have to resell them again. I'm happy to say that as I am looking at my growth, I am looking as far out as three years. So as I am offering the solutions, because what I want is to have a real big portfolio in three years time, the healthier my business is long term, the easier it is for me. So I'm happy to report that, which actually Lifestyle has been like, what are you doing? And they featured me on the live training call on Monday, which is unheard of for, for a publisher that is in pre-launch. Um, what are you saying that you're signing up all these 36s out of 
all of my partnerships that I have already signed on to my magazine, my shortest term is 24 months. Most of my partnerships are 36 months. My portfolio, my highest, my smallest contract, let's do that. My smallest contract is $19,900. So I say all that to say, and I know the numbers mean absolutely nothing to, you know, people that may not be in the publishing business, but there's plenty of contracts on advertisement that are signed on on a short term that could be worth a thousand bucks. I haven't sold anything less than almost 20,000 so that my business in the future looks healthy and I am more focused on working with the partnerships and being available at their beck and call and really customizing my services and exposure for them rather than every three, six, or at a year's time, having to resell and get out on the market with everyone that I have partnered with. To me, it's a much healthier proposition. It gives me more freedom to focus on them rather than reselling them. And then to continue to add on new partnerships to make the magazine larger and larger. I expect to be at the starting magazine is 36 pages. The way that I am going, again, I'm new to this, but corporate is telling me my magazine should be more than 50 pages by the end of 2021, which is an extremely healthy portfolio. So that's my goal. But on a personal, <laughs> that's, that's just my business goal. I have a personal one too. I want my husband to quit Walt Disney World and to carry my carry-on luggage wherever I go. There you go. That's a good goal. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to replace not just my income, but his income too. <laughs> well, I'm sure he'll be all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. He says, honey, as long as I you know, dress nicely and I'll... I'll I'll go yes, ma'am, any day. <laughs> Just get him a nice hat, and that's all he needs. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's it's interesting. You one of the the things um, that you keyed on there, and is the way that you kind of classified your your customers or your advertiser purchases as partners, partnerships. Partners. And I think that 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 description sets like kind of a mental tone, right? That yes. these aren't these aren't transactions, right? These are, these are people that you are building a business partnership with. Yes. It's a long-term thing, right? They're signing two and three year contracts. So to them, it's long-term, it's important in providing them with value. Um, yes. and we, and I talk about this with some of my colleagues in, in the mortgage industry too. And, you know, um, you know, a lot of our business partners in the mortgage industry are, are real estate agents, right? So it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of the same thing, right? Is it, is it just a realtor that we're doing a transaction with, or is it, um, you know, a business partnership that we're developing to be a long-term relationship, right? And so right. I, I think it's that, that focus changes it so much because you're right. There's so many people that are just getting in business as you experience with some of the ones you talk to on the phone that were getting into the magazine business or any other business. And it's like, well, they want to make a quick buck. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the entrepreneurial spirit doesn't say you can't go make a quick buck, but if you right. want this to really work for you, and carry you long-term and actually have some good growth, you, you got to forecast it way beyond the right now. Right. And, and I think it, sets a, it sends a message to the partners too, because they know that I will be there long-term. If I am partnering with them for a long-term, they know that I already, in my vision, see myself with them three years down the road. And so it sends a message of consistency. It sends a message of promise 
And I think that's really important. And it's funny you say that because I work on continuously my vernacular where certain words, I do them on purpose. The more that I memorize them and I work and, and practice on them for me, the more they become natural as I am talking to my partners and the more genuine they are, because that's really what's in my heart. So like I said, I don't ever talk about a sale. I always talk about a solution. I don't talk about, uh, you know, let's do this contract or this agreement. No, I talk about a partnership. And I think I do that, you know, so that people really feel that I'm not in this by myself. I am in this for us to work together. They're not in this as in, and you know, another thing that sets me apart and that I loved about this magazine, again, there is something for everyone and there is a lot of great magazines and they all agree when I ask them, let me ask you, you've purchased something before or you bought a postcard or some sort of, you know, drip campaign. Who did you work with? Oh, salesperson so-and-so. And I said, see, haha, you caught, you. I, I, I just caught you. You said salesperson so-and-so, which means you're dealing and working with a salesperson. And how many times have you seen them on follow-up after? Rarely ever. I mean, that's the standard answer that I get. Yeah. They're there for the sale and they move on. When they see me as a partner and they're hearing that as I am doing the presentation of the solutions for them, they know that I don't disappear. They know that I have a vested interest as I am the owner and publisher of the magazine. Wow, how is it that I get to work with you? I get to talk to you. I get to text you. I get to email you. I'm not emailing a salesperson and I'm not signing a contract with a salesperson. I am partnering with the owner and publisher and someone who's offering me a solution. And I, and I, and I, they tell me, I know that's, what's different. And it feels so much better too. I'm telling you, I walk out so confident. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, Ooh, yes. I walk in confident. I walk out even more confident. So it, it's definitely, you know, it, it's all, it, it's all mindset and, and it's all of it. It's free mindset, man. I mean, it's available for anybody to take. I don't own right. it. You don't own it. Right. People take it, take it, take it, take it, make it work for you. You know, it's, it's great for, uh, you know, it's available for the taking and it makes for good business. Absolutely. Um, so how do people find your magazine? Where can they go to find it? Can they find it online or is it only local in your area or how do they get to it? Great question. We're actually in over 70 cities in over 100, uh, sorry, 70 um, areas in one over 100 cities nationwide. The easiest way for them to see for anyone who's listening nationwide, um, they can go to citylifestyle.com and they can see where they're at. Now, our magazine is, is very special in the sense that it is not by subscription. And it is not an interact for pickup anywhere. However, it is in some high traffic area, uh, high traffic offices within the areas of the magazine. Okay. But the biggest percentage um, at the tune of close to 10,000 distribution, the largest percentage is direct mail, direct from corporate to the mailbox of those homes in my area that are over 650,000 to 2 million in California in the millions, depending on the market. Is typically the high affluency market because it's the one magazine that really speaks to the lifestyle and is going directly to the mailbox of those that are spending the time to read it, to go through it. And um, in this way, we enjoy a very high percentage of patronizing within 
um, our community. So our readers, they actually purchase from our advertisers, our partners, um, in the up of 62 to 65%. Wow, that's Um, awesome. Yes. I mean, how many times do you get over 60% return on your investment? And that's what our magazine enjoys. And that's because it is directly delivered into the mailbox of those homes for free. Um, And this is all done uh, professionally through the the corporation or the corporate office out of Kansas City to all of the different markets across the USA. Has been in the market for over 10 years. And so it has enjoyed a very long and healthy tenure for sure. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, Brenda, I want to just say thank you for spending some time and sharing your story today. Um, you know, some really cool takeaways. I hope people got this too as they were listening. But you know, that passion and that that mindset, and um, you know, providing a solution and, and kind of looking long term, right, instead of the right now, um, were all some really powerful takeaways um, that I learned from you today. And and I really appreciate you sharing your story. Um, and congrats on. Your son being in the Air Force, that's super exciting and um, super happy for you. I want to say thank you so much for being on the show um, and love to have you back again sometime. Yes. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, Very excited. And, um, you know, I'm proud uh, to be able to serve our community as well as anyone who may be listening. And if my work can inspire someone, then it's a win all day. So thank you again for the invitation. It's totally my pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Armed and Ready podcast today. As always, if you have any questions, visit me on valonguy.us.